Hey, boozers. It's Gabe. And it's Alexis. And welcome to part two of Justice for Brianna Nugent Nix. Now, we are going to dive into what happened the days prior to her death, um, uh, and then the days after her death. And we're going to jump into like the protocol for her work and how substances such as fentanyl are given and controlled and stuff like that. So grab a drink and, and let's, let's get, get cracking. Now, I want to do a little recap here. So, Brianna's body was found shortly after 12 o'clock on March 2nd of 2020. She had just gotten home from her recent night shift where she got out at 7 o'clock and then she had to do her report so she usually wouldn't get home until about 8. Now, Brianna's sister, Brittany, was called around 1223 and was told that her sister had just tried to kill herself. When she arrived at the home, Stephen, his parents, his sister, and his off-duty uncle, who was also a deputy at the local sheriff's office, um, was there. Now, this to me, in my personal opinion, um, screams suspicious. Now, again, this is my personal opinion. Um, to me, someone who has that knowledge of what to do like I mean like has the knowledge of what goes on in an investigation as a deputy would mm -hmm. that's very suspicious to me because I feel like he would have been able to coach said person yeah that's, I, didn't, I didn't think about that yeah that's true before you know authorities actually had gotten there you yeah. know because he would know what to do what to say, where to put things, where you know what I mean. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, again, my personal opinion, and not only that, his uncle was also one of the pallbearers at her funeral. So Stephen was never questioned during this entire thing at all, and why was that? Even, I don't know. I feel like he should have been questioned. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess, did they just immediately assume that it was exactly what he said it was? Like, that's, that's the only thing that kind of makes me think that that's why he wasn't questioned. Is that just, he was like, oh, she tried to kill herself. And everybody was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's that's perfect, you know? I mean, I, I get that to us, like, a certain extent. But I feel like the amount of bruising on her body should have raised a lot of suspicion yeah. to where they're like, yeah, we should probably take them in for questioning. And they never did. Yeah, for sure. Now, again, I don't know about you, but like I watch a lot of crime shows. So like the husband, the lover or whatever is like always questioned. Always number one suspect. Always. And I don't know if they thought because his uncle was like the deputy 
and they didn't need to question him or maybe they felt uncomfortable questioning him hmm. with his uncle being there. Right. Um, but another thing that I find very strange is the original investigator who was on the case has been taken off of the case. Not only were they taken off the case, they were also let go from the local sheriff's office. Suspicious. Very suspicious. So suspicious. I mean, like, what could you have possibly done to get yourself taken off of the case and, and fired? <laughs> They're like, yeah, um, we don't we don't hire non-detectives here. Yeah. And you just weren't doing your job. I mean, usually <laughs> that means something doesn't add up. I wonder if it was the same detective where that garbage bag that they took I wonder if it was that detective who took it and just let it sit in their office for like 13 months. Oh, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. So let's talk about Stephen a little bit. Stephen never had a job. He only did handiwork, repair jobs for other people, but he never actually had a good paying job. Hence why he stayed home and Brianna worked two jobs. Right. And Stephen was mentally abusive to Brianna, according to Brittany. He would never say anything good about her, which I know we've touched on, and, you know, always talk bad about her. Stephen was also, I guess, pretty unfaithful um, to Brianna. And just before she had passed, it's believed that maybe she had found out about an affair and was currently, that was currently like going on. Um, and two weeks prior to her death, she had contacted a divorce lawyer. So right there, shows a lot of motive oh yeah for sure i mean he hasn't had a job they uh britney said that he hasn't had a job in like the last six years that they were together and you know brand's bringing home the money and you know if he figures out that she's finally had enough and she's trying to leave there goes his payday and not only that he his mistress or the person that he was having an affair with or maybe having an affair with. We don't know exactly who it was, um, but there were there was a woman who kept showing up. And now I'm not going to name her name because I, I don't want to do that. Um, but she has since now moved in and it's only been a year. But I guess she was seen at their home, Brianna and um, Stephen's home, like Months after Brianna had died. So he had already packed up and moved on with his life. Mm -hmm. Now, Stephen did have a bit of a drug issue. Brianna had ADD, so she took medication for it. And according to Brittany, if she didn't keep that on hand, he would steal that. And now we don't really know like what the extent of his drug use is, but we do know that he was buying some sort of drugs like off the street. So, I mean, he has connections. Yeah. I mean, not to, you know, force any like opinion or anything, but I mean, he probably knows a lot of people where he can get a lot of different drugs if, if in fact he is buying drugs off the street. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to talk about Brianna's job. Brianna worked at a local hospital in Alabama, um, and it's it's called Princeton, is the local hospital, which just six months prior, she had just gotten hired into that job, meaning she had to do a drug test to get into this drug, you know, into this job. Right. Which Stephen's claiming that 
she had a secret drug problem and he just, you know, he missed the signs of it, which how how is that possible? Right. She wouldn't have been able to get her job at a hospital because I know a lot of like local hospitals even test for like nicotine and stuff. And if they test even just nicotine on you, you're not going to get the job. So like anything heavy like fentanyl, they would have flagged it right away and she would have never gotten the job. Yeah, there's no way to hide a drug. A, a drug addiction right especially they probably did like a urine test mm-hmm. and you can't like unless she somehow got urine in there which i doubt it because i've gone through those drug tests and they like some of them like literally come in the room and watch you do it right there's really no way to get around it yeah so Brittany and her family had spoke with a few of the nurses that were there during Brianna's shift on March 2nd, and they say that she was acting perfectly normal. They didn't notice anything unusual, no unusual bruising on her hand or anything of that nature. And as badly as her feet were bruised, they say there's no way that she could have made it her 12-hour shift with not complaining about oh, yeah. her feet. I mean, we've seen the pictures. They... They looked painful, like yeah. incredibly painful. And and again, you know, he Stephen claims that well, she bruises easily, and she got that from a bed. Yeah, moving a, hesp- a hospital bed around. Now we told you that she had died of an accidental overdose of fentanyl, and now this is the protocol per the nurses that she worked with on how they get fentanyl and how they waste medicine. And I also did a little bit of my own research and spoke with a local nurse here that works at a hospital in Michigan. So I kind of want to explain this machine as like a a drug vending machine because that's basically kind of what it looks like and kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, it's called a Pyxis, and basically what you do is you have to log in. Then you also have to put your fingerprint, and when you do that, obviously it's going to bring up like your nursing ID or, or whatever, you know, is in the system. Now, say you need, now you type in um, the count. So you're going to count the vials that are already in there, and then you take what you need, and then you add the count in again. So you're double checking this and the Pyxis is also keeping track of this. Now, if there's any discrepancies whatsoever, you have to go to the pharmacy and get that fixed. And then once you give the amount that's needed, the Pyxis keeps up with any waste, you know, of the medicine, which means you basically have to get rid of said medicine, but you don't do it alone right you gotta Um, have someone else yep you have to have a witness meaning they have to sign in and they have to use their fingerprint and so it's literally impossible (laughs) to stick a vial in your pocket now when i talked to the local nurse here she was floored when i said that he had found a vial of fentanyl in her drawer or in the drawer of the um extra bedroom bedroom, and she said at best someone could probably steal a syringe but then you would also have to have somebody else helping you do that you know so not only are you risking your license you're also risking somebody else's nursing license and i highly doubt 
that someone would do that. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's not a, it's not an easy career to get some, you know, some of these jobs are very, very pristine and, you know, people work their whole lives to work at certain hospitals. So I, for me personally, I would never risk my job for someone else like that. Now, also on the Facebook page, it looks like uh, someone had commented and they said that if the numbers are off in the machine, it um, the machine has a discrepancy picture that pops up at the top of the screen and someone has to manually witness to fix the discrepancy, count their info, and then it, it gets logged into the system as well as the fingerprint info. Also, the machine will show every single transaction for any narcotic that is pulled. So this leads to the question, where did these vials come from and how did they end up at the home? Yeah, because I mean, it's it's impossible, impossible for her to have gotten them. Yeah. And again, like I said, you know, Stephen does have connections on, you know, getting drugs on the street. It makes you wonder, did he have access to someone who could get vials, you know, because they still have not been able to trace the serial number or whatever is on the vial. Which doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Right. Because I feel like the reason they put those serial numbers on the vials is so you can track them. Exactly. So you know where they're coming from. Um, so now Brianna died on a Monday and her funeral was on the following Friday. So everything that we're about to tell you basically unfolded within just one week of Brianna's passing. So I'm going to break down the day days after Brianna's death. On March 3rd, 2020, Brittany and her mom searched to find a decent outfit for her to wear for her funeral. During they search during their search, they looked through her entire underwear drawer to find a good pair. Now, I find it really odd is Brianna only had an eighth of her closet and the rest was all Stephen's clothes. I mean, I don't find it odd at all. I mean, we've been told and we've said multiple times that Brianna was not the kind of person to spend money on herself. So, I mean, it, it really doesn't surprise me the, the fact that, you know, she barely had any clothes. And didn't you say... um that they couldn't even find a, a pair of underwear that didn't have holes in them. Yeah. She, she never she never bought herself new new underwear. Yeah. Yeah. In March 4th, 2020, Stephen finds one vial of fentanyl and a 25-gauge needle r next to it. And this was this picture was taken two days after Brianna's death. So after uh Brittany and her mom had already gone through and basically searched for clothes. He just happened to stumble upon these things. And not only that, I mean, we we were told that the police did do a quick search in their bedroom. Yeah. And, and now I know that this was in the spare bedroom. So maybe they didn't look through there per se, but I'm not 100% sure. Now, on March 7th, Stephen finds a needle in her underwear drawer and also finds a bloody tissue. Okay, but remember, on March 3rd, Brittany and her mom had thoroughly searched through her underwear drawer. How was this missed? I mean, how, how could it have been missed? I mean, it, no idea. There's no way it was. There's, yeah, there's really no way. 
you know, obviously it had to have been planted. Brittany was the one that was led to this new evidence that was found on March 7th. And we'll post pictures so you can see. But in the photo, he's holding the needle with black gloves. Now, remember what was found in that trash bag. Black gloves. Mm-hmm. And I just find it really suspicious that you're going through your wife's things with black gloves. Not only that, like, why are you even... Why are you even going through them in the first place? This is March 7th. Right. Like she hasn't even she hasn't even been gone a week and you're already like sorting through her things, seeing if she had anything good for you to take. Like and then also he's wearing gloves like he suspects that there might be something that he can't touch. How do you know? Like, right. How do you have that 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 like premonition, basically, that, you know what, before I go through my wife's clothes, I'm going to put gloves on because who knows what I'm going to stumble upon. Right. No and, one thinks that way. And again, it kind of makes me lead to um, possibly him getting his stuff or her stuff out because he wants his mistress to move in. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Now, one day after Brianna's funeral, Brittany got a call and Stephen told her that he was ready to give her some of the stuff that Brittany had bought for her and insisted that she took this purse. And she didn't ask for this purse, but he was like persistent, like, you should take this purse. I, I think you should look through it. There might be some stuff that you might like or whatever he said. And this is where Brittany found another needle. Now, I mean, why why are you pushing this purse? And, and Brittany said that she didn't even want the purse. It wasn't anything that she wanted. Right. And another thing that kind of makes me think, like, why the hell are you forcing her to take this purse? When didn't he bag all of her clothes up and then give first picks to his family? But yet this specific purse, he's like, no, you take it, grab it. Here you go. Yeah. Yep. That That is. And we'll get more into that later on. But yeah, that is one of the things that he did. So it, it does raise a lot of suspicion. Um, so Brianna's family just wanted answers. You know, I mean, who wouldn't want answers? If you tell me that my sister tried to kill herself and, you know, she had gone to the doctors and stuff like that, like, or a psychiatrist, like, I want to know what, I mean, what did I miss? Were there signs that we missed? Were there signs that you missed? Did she say something? Right. Was there something that I could do? Was there something you could have done? Yeah. And so they started asking Stephen, you know, who her doctors were and stuff like that. And they knew that she was seeing the psychiatrist and they just wanted to, you know, get answers. And when they asked Stephen, he lied to them about what doctor she went to. Why? Exactly. Why Why lie? Why lie if you're not guilty? Right. What are you hiding? Mm-hmm. And another thing that I didn't know is Brianna had just recently gone to the doctors the Thursday prior to her death and there were no signs of any bruising whatsoever and and the doctor's gonna report that oh absolutely 100 mm -hmm. every time like when i worked at family with family medicine if you know a patient 
had any sort of like soreness or anything, the patient themselves will just like bring it up in conversation. Like they could be there for their freaking flu shot and they'll be like, oh, you know, I hurt my shoulder two weeks ago and it's still hurting. This is like, you know, just common common courtesy basically of a doctor to be like, hey, you're a little sore right there. Where's that bruise from? Like that's mm-hmm. what happens. They're not going to just ignore all this extensive bruising that she had all over her body basically. Right. They're definitely going to ask for sure. And so when they tried calling the doctor, obviously they couldn't get any information because they weren't next of kin. So they asked Stephen if he could check on that for them. And this was his response. No, Brittany, he wasn't there with her, so he ain't going to know nothing. Honestly, we may never know definitely if she meant to or didn't even. When the report comes back, I'm not trying to sound like I don't care or anything to that nature. I just got one million things going on, and it's hard to think of everything I'm needing to do on top of thinking about not having my angel here with me no more. So I'm trying to keep that part of the whole situation kind of quiet in my mind, at least till I get these financial things handled. Don't take this text the wrong way. I know you're worried about what happened and what's going, what was going through her head. I'm in the same boat with you. Well, if you're in the same boat and you want to know what was going through her head, ask her psychiatrist. Yeah, why aren't you helping? Why are you not helping them figure out what was going on? And, you know, you sit there and say, well, I'm having a hard time because my angel's not here with me. But what are you doing? You're taking her clothes out of your home. Yeah. And and it just blows my mind that he's like, oh, no, this psychiatrist isn't going to know what's going on with her. People don't go to therapy. To sit there and do nothing. He would literally know exactly what was in her mind. That's why you talk to a psychiatrist. You tell them the thoughts that you're having and and stuff like that. That's the whole reason people go. Like people don't choose to go to therapy and then sit there and not say a word the whole time. Uh, Right. And and like I said, I mean, this does not sound like a grieving husband whatsoever. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, you know, because honestly, I would be knocking on freaking doors, car windows, the doctor's office itself. Like I would be doing everything in my power. You know, my brain would literally just be turning and turning and turning, trying to figure out what happened. Yeah. I mean, and he's doing none of that. He's so worried about financials and I get it. I get it. He, He probably is worried about financials, but I mean, this is all unfolding literally the week that she died. Yeah, I just... (laughs) Now, on the anniversary of Brianna's death, Brianna's mom sent a text message to Stephen asking where the headstone was. And instead of being an adult and simply responding to the text, good old mommy dearest decided that she was going to put a post on Facebook. Because that's how every adult handles situations is by posting it to the world for the world to see. So I'm going to read you the text of what was said on Facebook again. So it was posted on Facebook and it reads, today is a hard day. A day one year ago, we are reliving over and over in our mind. 
The pain, the heartache, and shock is real today. Yes, you put on a happy face for others. You do what's needed to go on with daily life. Our family will never be the same. Brianna is and will always be a part of us. The calls and texts this morning showing your remembrance of Brianna and love for us is overwhelming. There is concern over Brianna's headstone, and some may say that Facebook isn't the place for that. If you have to put that in your post, then you know (laughs) deep down that this is not the adult thing to do. No. Um, But so everyone can receive the same Accurate information, here it is. Shortly after Brianna's passing, Stephen picked out a headstone, but found out that the stone could not be etched with the photo. He went to another business and discussed the options, made his decision they had to check to see if the stone was available. When they got back with him, he placed his order, and that was in August. I was with him, and I he has a dated receipt. The stone was shipped from overseas and has been at the etching business for weeks. They are backed up due to COVID being shut down for a period of of time, you know, during COVID. And the headstone is being etched with a photo Brianna had taken when she and Stephen were at the beach. Stephen is as pain as anyone else that her headstone is not there, but it's out of his control. He has done everything possible. Stephen's family could not be more proud of him and how he has handled this unexpected tragedy he was forced to face and the responsibility that comes with it, not to mention the misplaced judgment and the blame from the others. So the first thing that I just want to point out is it took him five six months to even order it to even bother to put in the process of ordering it maybe that's why it took so long to get it maybe because it took you six months to go and say hey this is what i want and i i don't want people to attack me and say you know everybody has like a timeline of grieving and stuff like that i'm just saying that the headstone is the reason people go to grave sites People go to grave sites to grieve, and you're not going to go there to an empty mound of dirt. You're going to go there where you see the stone, you see the name, you can plant your flowers, you know, you can leave gifts. That's what headstones are for. And if, in my personal, my personal opinion, if something would have happened to my husband, I would have wanted the stone as soon as he was in the ground. Oh, absolutely. Now, remember, he ordered it in August. And eight months later is when it finally arrived. So, Brianna's family had been visiting her grave for almost a year with no headstone at all. Yeah. And and I get, I get that COVID shut down a lot. I do. But our grandpa died last December. And my grandma had the stone ordered within two weeks. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, she had the photo picked out. She had everything picked out. She even, she went to probably two or three different places also. Like, this wasn't just her going to one spot. She she looked around for a couple days. And she had it ordered in about two weeks. And during COVID, she still got it in like two months. Yeah. 
So, I mean, there's, I, I understand that, you know, you can't put the blame on him for it taking so long through the business, but the initial six months of him just sitting around, not going to get it, that is his, his fault. That yeah. is, that's him to blame. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, he was, he can't really say that it was, you know, waiting for the insurance money because I mean, I believe it was just like a week after or maybe before he had even gotten the death certificate, he was calling up the hospital wondering how he gets it. Oh, I'm how do I get I'm the money? 100% sure, seeing as he was joking about it before they even took her body out of the house. Mm-hmm. I'm, I guarantee that was his his thought process. He made a list in his head and number one on that list was life insurance money. Number one. Number two, clean out her clothes. I guarantee it was in that order. Well, hold on. Hold on. Because I just seen this on Facebook. And um, Brianna's family, like I said, was visiting her grave with no headstone, right? Mm -hmm. As Stephen was making posts on Facebook about his new zero turn. His his, his new zero turn. uh Uh-huh. His new gun purchase. Fixing up his truck. And buying a new shop. And many other things oh okay so here's here's the list ready number one life insurance money number two well you know you you gotta have a good lawnmower to mow your grass Mm -hmm. priorities Mm -hmm. nothing speaks quality man like a good mowed grass (laughs) for sure uh number three clean the clothes out Mm -hmm. number four plant evidence right number five luxury live for about six months and then go by my wife's headstone. Yeah. Yep. I think that sums it up. Now, this, case closed. It's done. <laughs> so the family had their suspicions from day one. And under the circumstances, they were not willing to pay for a double headstone with his name on it. Because obviously, um, they're not on the burial plot. So they actually had no say over it. This is just sad. Like the things that they're getting left out on because... Next to kin. Like, when did this law come in? <laughs> when, when did this become a thing? Like, I, it just, because, like, you know what? The, your kin isn't always the best. Yeah. Now, I do want to read you um, one of the um, comments that were on that post. Now, it says, tacky, inappropriate, uncaring text, talking behind backs, mis- mis- tell mistruths, nonsense as well. And has gone on too long, especially today. Sorry, and my apologies for those of you that's not involved. This mother is fed up, and I don't mind telling anyone. Had my limit felt it had gotten to the point that this would get the correct information out to anyone concerned. Now, I'll read you the text that was sent to Stephen. Um, The tacky one? Yeah, the one that she thinks that is tacky. Now, this is um, Brittany and Brianna's mom. Stephen, this year has been very long. You mentioned before Christmas that the headstone has been ordered. When is it going to be delivered? That was it. Mm -hmm. That, that That was the inappropriate, tacky, rude text message that uh, Stephen couldn't respond to himself. Mm-hmm. That, that, w- that was what the whole Facebook page or the whole Facebook post 
was about was that text message. Yep. And, and I do also kind of want to touch on what you said about her um, clothing. So it was one day after her funeral. Now so remember. Saturday. Yeah. So remember, she died on a Monday. Her funeral was on Friday. So Saturday, the same week that she had passed, he had several garbage bags of her clothes and other personal items bagged up and ready to be given away after he let everyone else go through her stuff. Everyone else as in his family. Mm-hmm. Nobody in Brianna's family was allowed to go through it until after everybody else had. And we were told that when they did go through the stuff, there were they were only allowed to take old stained clothes and some of her workout clothes and that was that was it that was that's what was left for them to take it's just ridiculous yep oh and and that make us speechless (laughs) and i do kind of want to put this out there because uh britney had sent me a screenshot and i laughed she laughed and it was, it's pretty funny. So the reason why we have to be careful on what we say is because we don't want to get, you know, we don't want to hinder the investigation. We don't want to get sued, you know, here at Boozy. And they're being watched constantly by right. Stephen's family. Stephen's lawyers, they've already been threatened because of the whole Facebook thing. Mm-hmm. Because they made this page, they've already been threatened by you know, the defense attorneys that are working for Stephen about, you know, mistruths and stuff. And and Brittany straight up said, she said, no, I'm not taking any of it down because none of it is false. All of it's the truth. Right. And so Stephen's girlfriend now, I mean, we might as well just call her a girlfriend. I mean, she's living with him. That's what she is. She's no longer a mistress. It's a girlfriend. Well, she liked one of the posts on justice for brianna nugent nick's page accidentally liked a post and then immediately unliked it then immediately unliked it but britney was so quick and got a screenshot of it before the you know the the post went away or the notification went away yeah i mean the notification because like i've accidentally done that on facebook and it like tells people and i hate the fact that it tells people now because like it's it's like people do it all the time accidentally but yeah it's kind of funny that she was stalking the page so obviously you know they're paying attention to the page they're watching the page someone's getting nervous (laughs) so wrapping everything up um but we definitely want to know what you guys think I want you to comment. I want you to share. Tell us what you think about this entire case. Do you think justice has been served? Do you think that she still deserves justice? I know what I believe, and I won't put that out there on you guys, but listen to this. Tell us what you think, and don't forget to share her page. Even though we are a little late, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and so we want to make sure that everyone feels safe in the situation they're in. Um, I didn't know this, but on average, it takes a woman um, 
or possibly even male, honestly. It mm-hmm. didn't say. It just strictly stated a woman seven tries to leave her abuser. Seven tries. Yeah, and on average, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States. So during one year, this equates to more than 10 million women and men a year are are victims of domestic abuse. One in four women and one in nine men experience severe physical violence, which is it's an insane number. Yeah, it is. So if you or anyone needs help, there is a number for you to call and we just want to make sure that you are safe. That number is 1-800-799-SAFE. Yeah, I mean, if you guys need help or, you know, you know someone who needs help, the first step is going to be the hardest, but it could be a step that saves your life or saves someone else's life. We're going to play you a clip of Brittany um, telling you guys where, you know, you can send information and stuff like that. And remember, the Facebook page is Justice for Brianna Nugent Nix, and that's on Facebook. A very smart, caring, sweet person. She was the best sister anybody could ever ask for. She did not deserve what happened to her, her family doesn't deserve everything that's happened to them on top of having to lose her. She, sorry. Free to follow her page, Justice for Brianna Nugent Nix. Um, if you don't feel comfortable sending in any tips on, you know, through Facebook Messenger, you can feel free to call 205 282 0740. That's a hotline um, where you can send in tips uh, anonymously and just share and follow her 